How good to see each and every one of you today. It's good to be together to worship. We've been worshiping. That uh, worship has uh, been right and, and true and uh, certainly uh, blessed by the power of God's Spirit. We uh, are called on to trust, just like those of old. We have been, uh, over the past few weeks, uh, basing our, uh, our time together on Sunday mornings around Hebrews 11, where the author of Hebrews has this long list of the heroes of faith. We have learned about those heroes of faith, at least some of them, as we've made our way through, that they uh, had a deep faith, a wonderful trust in God in the mix of everything that they faced. We encounter today another one of those Old Testament heroes. He lived quite a life, a life that was filled with all sorts of ups and downs, all sorts of twists and turns. Hebrews references that life with a very brief note. We find it in Hebrews 11, verse 22. By faith, Joseph. We, we talk about the life of Joseph today. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones. The story of Joseph is told over 13 chapters in the, the book of Genesis. We get the, a broad swath of that epic life. The, the, the chapters are Genesis 37 through 50. I encourage you to, to take out your Bible, even today, and, and read through those. This is a wonderful story that gives encouragement all the way through. As I said, Joseph's life was, a, was an epic story. It was filled with drama, jealousy, revenge, retribution, seduction, and more than a good dose of family dysfunction. Through it all, uh, Joseph always seemed to land on his feet. He had a way of uh, flowering where planted. I have a a picture of a, a beautiful flower that's growing out of the mortar on our front steps. I've been contented to leave it right there. It reminds me to bloom where planted. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers and shipped off to Egypt. Once there, he rose to prominence in the household of Potiphar, the head of Pharaoh's security force. Potiphar's wife had a thing for Joseph, and when Joseph refused her advances, she cried rape, which landed him in prison. Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph also had this innate ability to be able to interpret dreams, which eventually led to his release from prison and landed him in all places Pharaoh's court. Always one to bloom where he was planted, Joseph rose through the ranks in Pharaoh's court and as things would go, he would become prime minister. In a word, Joseph oversaw everything that took place in Egypt, including storing up of grain in the event that it might be needed in the case of a famine. A famine did come, and nations came from all around, including Israel, seeking Egypt's help. Jacob sent his sons to seek that assistance, which meant that they were the very ones who sold 
Joseph into slavery, those very ones who sold him into slavery were now begging for his assistance. Upon seeing his brothers again, Joseph was overwhelmed with emotion. He stepped out of the room where they were, and he wept out loud for everybody to hear. His brothers, on the other hand, were full of fear. In the end, Joseph was able to recognize that God was at work. Despite all that he had gone through, Joseph was able to claim the sovereignty of God. He would say to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Let's hear now just a bit about that great epic life of Joseph. We read uh, from Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. Let's hear this from God's Word. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the, the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your children And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. This is God's Word. And may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we make effort now to take God's Word and apply it to our lives. May God bless us all. As much as anything, the story of Joseph It's the story of God's purposes being lived out on the hard anvil of life. Even though Joseph always seemed to bloom wherever he was, wherever he was planted, his life really wasn't all that easy. In fact, at times it was downright tough. Interestingly, much of what God was able to do through Joseph was, was birthed out of personal animosity. And a good deal of that was was brought on because of Joseph himself. Joseph was, was full of himself. He, he was his dad's favorite. He, he knew it, and so did his brothers. Joseph strutted around in his coat of many colors, if for no other reason, to remind his brothers of that very fact. Eventually, his brothers had had enough. They threw Joseph into a cistern, and worse yet, they sold him into slavery to a group of Canaanites who were making their way to Egypt. God had work to do 
both in Joseph's life and in the life of his brothers. And we see that worked out in this long uh, piece of Scripture from Genesis 37 through 50. God has work to do in, with us as well. And a lot of that work is done on the hard anvil of life. God is always about taking the worst in us and trying to redeem it. Not just the worst in us, but the worst about us. He's always looking to redeem it. God has a way of meeting us right where we are in the very circumstance that we find ourselves in all our shortcomings, in, in all our failings, in all the, the, the times when we find ourselves waning in our faith. He, he's there to bring us to the place, the very place where he wants us to be. Some of you will remember the very first sermon series I, I preached here at St. John a, a, upon my return. It was a series called Life Verses. And essentially, my interest was in gathering a, a number of verses, favorites of mine, that had been very formative to, to my life. One of those verses was that great passage from Romans 8.28, where we read, and, and we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. That verse speaks to me uh, every time I read it. It has always spoken to me. It speaks even to this day. Many of you may know that great passage from Romans 8:28, from the King James Version. It, it goes like this, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Translating Romans 8:28 that way can leave us with the mistaken notion that things just have a way of, of working out. Nothing could be further from the truth. The right rendering of Romans 8.28 puts the subject right where it needs to be, at the head of the sentence. It, it puts a spotlight on the, the one who is the subject of, of this entire passage. The subject is God. He's the active agent. He is the one that, uh, that is working things out. God is the one who is fast at work to bring about His good purposes. It's important to put the focus on God, and not just things simply working out. God's the one that is fast at work doing just that. That was true for Joseph. It was true for his brothers. And it's also true for us, particularly when it comes to life working out on the, the hard anvil of life. God was able to take a cocky kid in Joseph and redeem him, to form and fashion him, to build his faith, to where several nations were spared the horrors of a famine. Lives were saved, countless lives. God can take even the worst in us and redeem it. God can take even the worst of circumstances and bring redemption to that circumstance. God is always at work bringing about His good purposes. What we're talking about here is God's providence. It's a broad-reaching topic, 
It's one, though, that we, uh, we do well to, to consider, the great work of God in our lives. We believe this, or, we, or at least we should, that God is actively at work and has been since the beginning of time. God actively at work in all things, even in our lives. We believe that um, God didn't just rack up the pool balls and, and strike them with the, with the cue ball. There should be a, a slide there. If not, you get the idea. Uh, he, uh, there it is right there. Racking up the, cue ball, the pool balls. There's the, the, the cue ball ready to strike them. Uh, we don't believe that God just racked this up and then struck the balls, and we've been bumping into one another ever since. God is actively involved. God didn't just uh, wind up the clock at the, at the beginning of time and then let it tick away. God is actively involved in time. You see, God is the master designer of all that is and continues to create even to this day, even to the point of forming and fashioning our lives, even to the point of making us new creations in Jesus Christ. Again, God is actively involved. Albert Einstein once wrote, I don't believe God plays dice with the universe. And I will add that he uh, doesn't play that way with us. Again, God is actively involved. God doesn't leave things to chance or happenstance. Again, he's actively involved. God does things on purpose. While God is provident, and we'll admit that today all through, he does give us the the opportunity to choose. If he didn't, we'd be nothing more than a bunch of puppets on the end of a string. God is actively involved, longs to be actively involved. We need to find ourselves uh, open to that involvement and allow him to do his thing in our lives. All of us know from experience that free, free will is very much a part of, of life. We choose to turn left or to turn right all the time. We're making decisions throughout every day, and that is a, an inherent part of free will. One of the fundamental decisions about uh, this life is whether or not we will give ourselves over to God's way and will for our lives. We're not absolved of responsibility when it comes to, to God's will. Again, free will is at play. And we are also um, at that place, that decision point, if you will, where we would want to give our, ourselves over to the will of God. God does allow plenty of room for our mistakes. In fact, God is a, a God of mid-course adjustments. There, there were plenty of those for, for Joseph, and there are plenty of those um, for us in, in, in our lives. In the end, God's way prevails, but only if we open ourselves up to that way. That's why Joseph was able to say to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. 
I'm sure Joseph uh, spent all sorts of time trying to, to, to make sense, trying to, trying to parse why his brothers would do such a thing, and maybe even why God would allow that to happen. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. In the end, Joseph con- could affirm that God was actively involved and that God, uh, God brought about his good purposes through him. Joseph Joseph had come to to sense God's will, and not just sense it, but to live into it, as tough as that was at times. It comes to us then to get with the program, God's program. We we do well, as Henry Blackaby puts it, look for where God is is working and join Him. Look for where God is working and join Him. That's the, the, the seminal dis- definition that, that Blackaby gives for, for following the will of God. See where he's working, and then join him in that. We're called to join God faithfully in what he wants to accomplish in our lives. And we need to hear that word faithfully. This stuff of, uh, of being about God's will, of, of doing God's will, even, even sensing what God's will may be, is a matter of faith, opening ourselves with faith to the very things that God has for our lives, of, of taking those sort of steps of faith that even uh, direct us uh, to the place where we see God working, and then, and then taking those further steps to, to join Him in, in that. I often talk about God working in us and God working through us. You've heard me uh, say that often. You've heard me in, in the prayers that I, I pray that, that God do a good work in, in me, in us, do a good work uh, through me, do a good work uh, through us. God's every desire is to do a good work in us. That's just the w- way He is. He longs to make us new every day. That's God's good purpose for our lives. It's a, it's a part of His providence to bring about His good will in us. God's uh, every desire is to work through us. He wants to bring about His good purposes through us, particularly as we relate to other people and the world around us, so that we are, are those who are working out His will. And so Joseph had to consider, well, God's using me to help others as he was doling out all that grain to a, a famine-stricken world. And then to, to come face to face with his brothers and to be awake and alert to the fact that, yeah, God put me in this place, in this circumstance, to bring about his good purposes even for them, as much bad as they had done to me. God working in us, God working through us. This is the very stuff that makes up God's providence for our lives. Life is more than than luck. Everything in life is not left to chance. I hope that we, we would affirm that today, that we would find ourselves affirming that God is actively at work. John Wesley, in so many words, used to say, I don't believe in luck, but rather in the providence of God. For those who faithfully seek to give their lives to God, they're desirous 
for God to be actively at work in their lives, and they give themselves over to the same. Life is so much more than the luck of the draw, a flip of the coin, or the roll of the dice. God is actively at work to bring about His good purposes. Life is certainly more than just making plans and and then becoming frustrated when things don't go according to plan. You know, a lot of our, our making of plans is really just trying to go about our agenda rather than to seek out God's agenda for our lives. Life, true life, hinges on faithfully allowing God to bring about His good purposes in our lives. Such doesn't depend upon luck or even good planning. It resolutely depends upon us, once and for all, giving our lives over to the will of God. When it comes to God's providence, we can look back and see God's handiwork. You're probably able to do that. I know that I'm uh, able to do that. I look back and I, I see that God has always been there. You know, hindsight is always 2020. I can affirm that God has always been at work in my life. And I'm thankful for that, eternally thankful. You know, we can, um, we can look forward and with faith affirm that, that God's good purposes uh, will indeed prevail, particularly when it comes to the hope and, and promise of, e- of eternal life. And for that, I'm thankful. I am eternally thankful. It's the present day that becomes the ticklish matter. We're not always so sure about God's will in our lives. We're not so sure about what it may be, how we may be responding to it if we're, if we're aware of it. Or we're, we're not so sure even as we, uh, we, we move into it. Because again, life can be hard, it can be, be tough, and we wonder, surely this is not God's will for my life? It comes to us to live by faith, to get out of God's way and let Him do His thing in us and through us. Eventually, that's the, the place that uh, Joseph got. And quite honestly, if we study through all the persons in, in Hebrews 11 that are listed there, this great hall of faith, we would see that that was the same for each of them. It comes to us then to recognize with faith the long providential arm of the Lord. And the way we, we get to that place is to get out of the way, to get out of God's way and to allow Him to work in us and through us to the place that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is in our midst, day in and day out. I'll tell this story here. It'll take just a couple of minutes. A great uh, uh, situation that happened earlier today at 8.30. I, I greeted a, a gentleman who undoubtedly was new to the church. He had shared with some others that he had just flown in from Arizona. Then he was taking a teaching job up at the school. I was confused and just talking with him for a minute or two that he was going to take up a teaching post at, uh, at the high school. 
after the, the service, we greeted one another again. In fact, he was standing right here with our good buddy, Kyle Ray. And this uh, fella coming all the way from Arizona looking for, uh, looking for a worship service that met at 8.30 while he was going to go out to, to look at the school, drove in here, and he's taking Kyle's place uh, at the middle school upon Kyle's retirement. Now, that young fella, uh, Tyler, has got to, to leave this place after having hearing all this about God's providence and will, coming in on a lark at 8.30 and meeting the very fellow that he's following. What's God doing with me? He had to ask. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place. He seemed to be a fellow of faith, and I'm sure that he gave himself over. Okay, God, whatever your will may be, and he has that validated very quickly as he uh, makes his way from Arizona this morning to come and look at the school. God is always at work to bring about his good purposes for you and for me and for his creation. And by faith, may we live into those good purposes and find ourselves rejoicing, not only in the present day, but in all the days to come, stretching into our experience of eternal life. Let's pray together. God, thanks. Thanks for blessing us, for keeping us, for, uh, for caring enough to bend our way and to offer your will for our lives. Lord, with faith, we seek to respond. We thank you for uh, blessing us with your deep love. We thank you for your guidance and leadership. Again, we pray that you would help us to stand with trust, to respond rightly to that leadership. Thank you, Lord, for loving us to the, to the place where you do lead and guide us. May we be a people who are holding fast, holding fast to your will, seeking to do your bidding each day. Work in us and through us, we pray, in the name of Christ. Amen.